Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to episode number 78. And from the middle of Nebraska, uh, Omaha is in the middle of America, as Counting Crows said, and Ord would pretty much qualify as kind of the dead middle of Nebraska, wouldn't it, Dexter? Uh, it's, it's pretty close for sure, yeah. Um, I grew up in Litchfield, so yeah, Litchfield and Ord, I've always found myself to be kind of in the middle of Nebraska. So, like, when you moved from Litchfield to Ord, was that like moving from, like, the suburbs into, like, the the downtown area? Um, well, the, the move wasn't straight from Litchfield to Ord. It was actually from Stewart to Ord. So oh, gotcha. that, that was a, a little bit of a different move, but it was good to be back towards home. But, yeah, that was, that's a pretty good depiction of it. Okay, all right. I, I just, I, you know, like, if, if you were in Omaha, it'd be like from moving from Millard to maybe getting a loft in the old market or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so. that, that's pretty close. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, Dexter Goodner, the girls' basketball coach at Ord High School here in Nebraska. Uh, is our guest here this week, and I was telling Dexter just kind of like uh, uh, Coach Boone's uh, podcast. It's it's so nice out tonight. I decided to record out on the back deck here, and uh, so hopefully the audio is coming in uh, as well as we want to. But uh, we're gonna have a good time here. We're gonna have a great conversation. But before we get to Coach Goodner, we're going to again roll through our stuff here. We want to thank our founding sponsor, Cosac Chiropractic, located at 144th and Maple here in Omaha. Coaches. If you have an athlete who is struggling with balance, neck, or spinal issues, have them go see COSAC Chiropractic. You can give Dr. Kevin or Dr. Heidi a call at 402-964-0300 or look them up at COSAC Chiro. That's K-O-S-A-K-C-H-I-R-O.com. And let them know that a pen and a napkin sent you. Follow us on Twitter at a pen and a napkin. We try to put out daily coaching tidbits on the Twitter handle, so be sure to follow us there. Uh, obviously, you're listening, so you're on SoundCloud or iTunes. Be sure to download, rate, review, give us five stars so that we can get the word out. Uh, keep getting the word out, gain momentum in the ratings, and help as many coaches as we can to hone their craft. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. What's the temperature out at Ord, Nebraska today, Coach? Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, I don't actually know that. I've been out, haven't been outside a ton today. Uh, we had camp earlier today, and uh, once we got back from camp, I... Uh, Went home, saw the kids for a little bit, and then I came up to the school, and so that they weren't running around during the podcast. <laughs> and uh, so I can't. It's comfortable. I know that, but I don't know what the actual temperature is. Okay, I got you. Well, you, inside today. You, you uh, you're uh, trying to, to keep your kids quiet in the background. I'll try to keep my dog quiet in the background. So uh, we'll, we'll try to make that work. So. Uh, Dexter's done a great job at, at Ord, uh, had a really good run here, made it to the state semifinals. I believe it was 2018, right coach? 17 or 18? Uh, 17. 17. Um, and, and, uh, you know, we'll just kind of get things started the way we normally do here on a pen and a napkin. Uh, for the folks that don't know about yourself or, or your career coach, uh, why don't you kind of bring us up to speed and, and how did you end up at Ord High School? Um, first of all, it's a pleasure to be on here. Uh, super excited to be on here. So it's, uh, you know, he must have been scraping the bottom of the barrel for, if I'm on here. So uh, I'll try <laughs> to make it as interesting as I can here. Uh, hardly, um, hardly so. But, <laughs> um, but no, I, like I said, I'm from Bushfield originally. Um, I uh, fell in love with basketball at a really young age. Um, 
played high school basketball at Litchfield. I considered myself a good basketball player until I went out and decided to play basketball against uh, bigger schools. And then I realized I was a pretty average basketball player. So then I knew that I wanted to be a coach. Uh, I started coaching basketball when I was in high school, actually. I coached um, the youth teams. Uh, and uh, from there, I went on to UNK. I tried to walk on at UNK, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out they weren't super interested in a undersized, under-athletic uh, point guard. Um, so from then, I... But those are hard to find, uh, though, Coach. Those are hard to find. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was shocked. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but it worked out great. Uh, it, it kind of put me on this path uh, to where I am. I never thought I would be a girls basketball coach. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of guys probably say that they would never be a girls basketball coach. Yep. Um, and so I was done playing, and I was trying to figure out what the next step was going to be. And I, uh, I literally had struggled for a really long time. Uh, they, before I got there as an assistant, uh, they had won uh, four games in six years. Oh my. And and, and so I called up the principal. He was um, the dad of one of my buddies. And I just said, hey, I think I want to help out with the girls' basketball team. Uh, is there any way I can be an assistant? And he said, yeah, we have a new coach. Um, I, we don't know. She doesn't know a whole lot about the game, so it would be great if you would just come in here and help coach. And uh, the first time I met her, she was like, so here's what's basically going to happen. I have no idea what I'm doing. You're going to run practices. I'll do the conditioning. And so from the get-go, I was pretty much, it was a really interesting situation because I was a, basically a head coach doing all the subbing plays and everything, but I didn't have to wear the head coach hat. And, um, and so, uh, my first year, uh, we won five games or yeah, five games. And, uh, yeah, I was like, Oh man, this is awesome. I'm amazed. People were super happy with where the program was going. Um, then, uh, it, Interesting fact about me, this will be the first year ever, so I've done it for 13 years, I think, this will be the first year ever that I have the same coaching staff as an assistant or a head coach. Wow. Where I have it back-to-back years. Um, so we got a new head coach, um, and uh, he coached for a year, and then we got another new head coach, um, James Have. He is the uh, head voice coach at Romana. Uh, he was under Paul Baranek, and uh, I got to actually just be an assistant that year where I just got to sit on the sideline and I got to, uh, you know, give my input and, and watch him, uh, teach basketball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that, that is a big year for me. We ended up taking that team to a district final. Um, so, you know, in the span of three years, about, I was a part of a program that won four games in six years to being in a district final. Um, and then from there, uh, I graduated from UNK and then I got a job in Stewart. Uh, Stewart's a small town, uh, northern Nebraska, uh, and I took over a program that was um, had a streak of the last four years winning four games a year. And uh, my first year, we went six and fourteen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hey, okay, we won more than four games. Uh, we had a really good summer." And I remember telling people like. You like watch out. I was I was young. Uh, it was my second year as head coach. I'm like, watch out. We're going to state tournament. And they're like, okay, let's just be above 500 first. And I'm like, no, you just watch. Uh, you know how you are as a head coach or as a young coach. You're yeah. just like, oh yeah, yeah. No, we're gonna 
take over the world, set the world on fire. Well, the, the crazy part is we did make the state tournament the next year. So we went from 6 and 14 to the state tournament. Um, and then the following year, we went to the state semifinals. Um, and then my last year at Stewart, we went 19-5. Uh, had that injury. Uh, we got put in a really tough sub. Uh, we didn't make the state tournament. Uh, but the relationships I, I built there were just awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't necessarily want to leave, but we decided to have a daughter, and we wanted to be closer to home. Yeah. So, uh, crazy story about how I got hired here, but yeah, I got an interview in Orb, got hired, came down here, uh, inherited a ton of talent, and um, yeah, and we were super successful, we've been super successful here, mm-hmm. and, uh, and the crazy thing is, I, I thought I was a good, just a great coach, and it turns out, yeah. Having a lot of talent is really important in basketball. So yeah, yeah. I've been really blessed to have really good kids. Funny, funny how that works. Um, yeah. Um, I I, I uh, guest spoke at a uh, coaching class uh, at my uh, college alma mater, and um, I, I kind of played this whole thing up. I said, "All right, you know, get out your get out your pens, pens and pencils." And I'm, I'm going to give you the number one key to being a successful basketball coach. And, and if you do this, I guarantee you, you're, you're going to win and you're going to win a lot. Okay, you guys ready? You guys ready? And, you know, these college kids are, okay, yeah, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, they're looking at me. I said, okay, here it is. This is, you know, and at, point, at this point, I think I'd been coaching about 20 years. I said, here's the number one thing. Here's the biggest key to it. Get the best players and just let them play, and and, and Coach Power, Coach Power was in the back of the room and he just started giggling his tail off. And I'm like, but you know, it, it's it. Sometimes it's just that simple. Whoever you know, a lot of times basketball comes down to whoever has the best guy or gal is got the best chance to win the game. And yeah. when you when you yeah. have that talent, um, you know, it 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 simplifies things for you. So for sure, yeah. Sure. When you interviewed at Ord, was one of the questions, uh, "Do you know what a Chanticleer is?" Uh, it was. It was not that. Um, but luckily, growing up close enough to Ord, I did know because it's just so unique. And and every time, and I played my sub districts here, and so uh-huh. uh, every time you walk in the gym, you're like, "Why in the heck is that? Like, where did they get this name?" Um, but yeah, they, they didn't ask that question. But I do. I was I was skeptical of the mascot, but now I do. I really like it. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's really so, unique. Uh, people know what the chain clear. Like when they see chain clear, like oh, definitely from Ford. It's either us or Coastal Carolina. So, <laughs> so is it, what is is it like a, a turkey or something like that, or it is a fighting chicken? A fighting chicken. It's, yes. Um, okay. So. Uh, I believe the Omaha World Herald did like a write up on it when Coastal Carolina was making their run in the College World Series. Okay, um, and so if you do want to look, it's from it's from a book, and it escapes my mind right now of uh, what it, what book it's from. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a fighting chicken. So okay, a, and they say Chanticleer, and we say Chanticleer. Gotcha. So there's the difference. All right, well. Hooked on phonics worked for me, so I'm I'm, I'm glad to, <laughs> yeah. glad to get that. So, um, at Ord, you guys have had a nice little run here. 
your football team won the state championship last fall, I believe. And yep. volleyball's done well, along with girls' basketball. Uh, you know, you're a C1 school, so you probably have about, what, 60, 70 kids per class-ish, ballpark-ish? Yep. 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 So, so your kids aren't specializing. Um, you've, you've probably got kids playing two and three sports for you. Um, you know, as you guys have built your athletic program out there, what's been kind of the key to making it work for these kids to excel in these multiple sports and have success and have the opportunity to have success in multiple sports? Um, you know, I think it's, it's the coaching staff working together when you have good communication with one another and, and having an understanding that there we're going to be, you know, splitting girls here and there. Um, and, and we have, I can really say that our coaching staff really takes care of our kids and the fact that we're seeing like when, when the girls are being spread too thin. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of girls that will shoot during uh, volleyball season. Uh, they'll come in in the mornings and they'll shoot. Um, and, you know, I'm a pretty good gauge of when they look tired, yeah. you know? And, and so when they come in and they look tired and it looks like they're starting to drag a little bit, it's like, okay, we're living my Santis for the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Not one of those is going to try to put my program over somebody else's. Um, I also am not one that takes a back seat with my program either. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think we just work really, really well together and uh, we have the same goal and we understand that we, we're working together in the weight room each week of what we want our girls to do and we want to push them um, and just kind of keep an engage of where they're at. Um, I just think the biggest thing is for a school system to be successful, if you're going to have these kids play multiple sports, is the camaraderie, like really, truly um, coming together to better your school. Do you guys... Um... And the biggest time this comes up is during the summertime, usually with the with the sharing of the kids. Um, do you guys sit down in you know late winter, early spring, and start mapping out the summer together? Um, you know, is it kind of a, a meeting of the coaches, or is it like you know email and hey, I'm thinking about doing this here, or or how do you guys how do you guys put that whole thing together? Because I think that's becoming harder and harder for coaches to do. Yeah, um, so. We do, when we sit down, um, we either meet in person or we have uh, just a text thread where we text each other back and forth of, of kind of what's going on and then we share each other's calendars so that we can see uh, what everybody's doing. Um, but for the most part, uh, we do a pretty good job of June is basketball, July is volleyball. Uh, and it and I've had some girls miss for volleyball camps um, or softball. And uh, it's tough at times, it really is, but you just have to kind of understand that like these kids are – Know, committed to other things and so we just try to do our best to compare our calendars try not to schedule over top of one another and try not to schedule too much in a week um, and i ask a lot of my girls in the summer and i do um, expect them to be at a lot of things and it can be tough uh, but we've done a really good job uh, the last five years with the girls just showing up mm-hmm. and, and competing yeah it's uh it, it does it does become complicated at times and I think that's, you know, this, I feel like this is our first real summer. Obviously, last summer was was COVID, and, you know, we could barely see our high school kids, let alone all the other things, and uh, that that's something that we're working on. And I'm always just kind of curious to, to talk to coaches from, you know, schools that are approximately the, the size of school that I'm at, uh, that, that for everybody to be successful, you have to work together, and nobody can be above, you know, anybody really. 
And and that that can be, you know, you got to give to get, don't you think, Dexter? Uh, absolutely. And I think you can see some of the, the programs sometimes in that disconnect of like how one program can be not successful at all and the other programs win the championships. And like, I'm sure that there's just like this animosity build up and that's just, yeah, I totally think they have to be on board for each other. And it, and it just, I think it just helps the, the girls out so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just knowing everybody's on the same page. We're not trying to push and pull one way or the other. Yeah. And, and and the kids know when the coaches aren't on the same page. I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, y- you go on a great run in twenty eighteen, or what was the year you made it to the semifinals? I, I'm getting my years mixed up. Seventeen or eighteen? Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. And you come back in eighteen, and you got a good chunk of your team coming back. You you run through the season undefeated. Um, and then you lose a heartbreaker uh, in the in the substate game, and you don't qualify for the state tournament. After I, I'm pretty sure you guys were ranked number one in the state, and and, and that had to be uh, we we talked about it at the clinic. You know, kind of how difficult that was on you. Uh, if, if you'd be willing to kind of share you, you know share your story about bouncing back from such a uh, uh, difficult defeat where you really thought you were going to be cutting down the nets, not just for the sub-state, but for the state championship, and and how uh, that that situation kind of helped you uh, grow as a coach, even though it was absolutely miserable and awful, and and you know you, you know you wanted to just close the shades and, and shut out the world for uh, however long was needed. You, you had to bounce back from it, and 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 I thought you handled it really well. Uh, when you were telling me the story when you came over for the clinic. So, uh, you know, for those coaches that have gone through those situations, and, and, and if you do this long enough, you get lucky enough to have uh, a great team, um, and, and then something bad happens, uh, like happened with you guys, um, in, in that regard, when it comes to the winning and losing, not it wasn't life or death or anything like that, but, you know, it, it, it's something that just hangs with you for a while, and, and how do you work your way through that, so... Um, yeah, I can, uh, <laughs> this is the part of the podcast or the part of the conversation wherever I go where my wife would 100% have just started rolling her eyes. Um, <laughs> we were, it, it's so funny wherever we go, we sit down and we start talking basketball. There's always somebody there that will start to piece it together and be like, Oh, you're the Ward girls basketball coach. <laughs> were you there when you had, you guys were undefeated and then you lost in the district final? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then, and then my wife just goes, "Oh, not again!" Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, she, she's not like carrying around brass knuckles and taking people out or anything. Is she? <laughs> no. Okay. My my wife is five four and a hundred and five pounds, so <laughs> you don't have too much to worry about. Sometimes uh, those are those are the ones that you least expect it from, and 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 uh, oh, those, those just, are the tougher ones. Don't wake her up if she's sleeping. That's when you. But no, that that loss, uh, that that whole situation was pretty crazy. Uh, when you say they go through the season, uh, we had maybe one close game. Uh, you could maybe say two, um, and and we won by a margin of like twenty five points. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where, as a coach, you don't really realize it as it's happening, and, and you always hear about it. You always try to keep your your kids on kids on edge. Mm-hmm. Even as a coach, you kind of relax a little bit, um, and you're. Um, you just kind of put it on cruise control. We, we were just better than a lot of people. And, 
And so we roll into that district final. Uh, having played Pierce, we played Pierce, we played it the year before. Basically, both teams had returned. Uh, everybody, we had won the year before by 18. So it's the same sort of situation where you're going into the district final, we're undefeated, we're playing a team that would beat the year before. And uh, it was kind of a perfect storm. We, they played really well, we didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we lost. And so at the end of that basketball game, we knew there was a chance that we'd get a wild card. I mean, you're 24-0, or 24-1, you think you're going to get the wild card anyway. And, uh, you know, we were watching um, the actual game happen. Only King Christian and Skoda's game, it's live-streamed. So yeah. we get to watch it in the stands. My girls are watching it. I'll never forget. It was a really surreal moment. And you see your season hanging in the balance with another team. And uh, with another team. And, yeah, when we lost, uh, devastating is a, is a great word for it. Yeah. Uh, you say, you know, it is not life or death. But it's also one of those things where it's it's okay to be sad because you invested so much into it. Um, my girls had just put so much time since they were really little to that moment. Um, and and to have that that failure there, it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember going home. It was a, it was a sad night. I, I cried a lot. Uh, and the next morning was a youth basketball game. And I'll never forget waking up for that and then walking into the gym to ref that game and, and everybody in the community, what are you doing here? <laughs> and and uh, I remember looking at my crystal and said, uh, these kids got to see this. That yes, I'm hurt, but I'm going to keep going. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to keep this whole thing going. I'm going to come support the kids. I'm going to do my part to ref this game and uh, and we're, we're going to keep, keep rolling. What uh, I didn't realize was that even though I was doing that and I, I told myself I was pushing forward, uh, that I, I was depressed. Like, I had gone into a depression. I, I didn't find the love in the game. It, I, it, it's like it hurt me, you know? It's yeah. like I stole from And I remember just that next year even, I mean, going through the summer helped uh, seeing the kids. And then uh, that school year, I remember just sitting there waiting for basketball season and just not having the same amount of joy as I had. And that's when I had to tell myself, like, this isn't about you. Uh, this is about those kids, and they deserve everything that you have. And, uh, you know, you got to pick yourself up and give them everything. And they helped me do that. I have I had girls that were just, they wanted to just pour everything they had into that season and try to be the best that they could be. Yeah. And so, uh, and, you know, with with that you always look back and you say oh I wish this would happen or this would have happened and I remember telling you this at the clinic like part of me is like you, you know you wish you best go this would have lost that game you would have got the wild card but then uh, I always think like those girls in that moment like I don't ever want to steal that moment from them they, they took down a rival mm-hmm. uh, they made the state tournament and then they made the most out of it. They went yeah. and won the state championship. Like, it is not me to try to take that moment away. They earned that moment. They deserve that moment. And yeah, it's least for me, but uh, you just think about their girls and their coaches, um, about like how awesome of a moment and experience that they had to have. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was really tough. And I'm not over it, I would say. <laughs> no. I, I mean, uh, yes, I'm past it, uh, but, you know, it's still there. There's still moments that when I'm driving in the car, um, by myself on a, in a, to an event or something, and that, that moment pops in your head. The semifinals the same way. It was kind of a heartbreaker the year before, yeah. and the fact that we, we had a 13-point lead in the second half. Um, 
and I had some bad coaching calls, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up you know, losing the lead and losing that game and losing a chance to go to the state championship. Uh, so, you know, you have those moments where you go back to them, and, uh, and I'm not sure they'll ever go away, but, you know, it's one of those, it's, I did get stronger for it, and I did, I don't take the wins for granted anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and you got to enjoy it. Yeah. So I uh, try to, it led me to try to enjoy every single moment of coaching, uh, the wins, the losses. Um, you know, we had kind of a tough weekend this weekend. We didn't win a lot of basketball games. Um, and we, we were down by a lot at one point. And I remember telling myself on the sideline, it's so easy for you to just sit on the bench and shut up, or you could just give everything you got to coaching this group really hard still, even though you're down. And, uh, and to show your girls, like, we're not quitting. I'm not quitting. Uh, I'm going to coach you as hard as I can. I'm going to enjoy this and, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to make the most out of the situation. So. Yeah, I I had that my my third year of coaching. Um, we went undefeated and made it to. This is when I was coaching college ball, and we went undefeated and we were in the national tournament and, and we had the best team in the in the country, uh, without a doubt. And we played Doan in the Elite Eight to go to the Final Four, and we had played them in the regular season. And we beat the doors off of them. And we, at one point, we, we won by 30. We were up 40 when we took our starters out. And they played awesome. And we played tight, I would say. Uh, yeah. A little yep. bit tight. And long story short, they beat us by four. Uh, that was 1997. Uh, Coach Power, if you're listening to this. Coach Sale, if you're listening to this, correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, oh. none of us have ever watched the tape. It's been twenty four years, and we've never watched that game. You know, so I, I wish I would have done that. <laughs> I probably watched it too many times. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're like a Red Sox fan watching Game Six of the '86 World Series. Yep, yep. <laughs> it, you know, and it's yeah, it was. You know, I told myself like, oh, you're gonna learn something from it, so you, yeah. you're gonna rewatch it. And then I was just like, what am I doing? Stop watching this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to see this. Yeah, yeah. Well. You know, we as coaches, we're kind of sadists. We're just sadists to ourselves, you know, so. For sure. Coaches, there are numerous resources in the coaching universe to help make coaches better. Podcasts, websites, videos, and everything in between. But if you're a coach looking for a resource that addresses the skills necessary to be successful both on and off the floor, look no further than a pen and a napkin university. A pen and a napkin university is a series of courses designed to help any coach at any level to hone their craft in the offseason. A pen and a napkin university will feature four separate courses starting the first week of July to help develop your coaching skills. The four courses are personal growth and development, building your X's and O's philosophy, building your program, and fundamentals and drill work. Each course is seven weeks long with a new topic each week to dive into. The best thing about a pen and a napkin university is its flexibility. You can sign up for a weekly topic, the entire course, or the entire program. It's whatever fits your schedule and your budget. For more information, Send me an email at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com or wait for it, Dexter. There's going to be an announcement this week when it comes to a pen and a napkin. So you are the first one to know about it. And when this drops tomorrow morning, other people will know about it. But we got a bunch of stuff ready to roll here with it. And I have gone cross-eyed the last week staring at my computer and typing and copying and pasting and doing a bunch of stuff. But we are ready to roll, man, and I'm excited. I'm excited. That's awesome. Yeah. So, 
I, I think it's going to be a really, really good deal. So uh, I'll be dropping a podcast, uh, a little preview. I'll be dropping a podcast with that probably uh, Tuesday and uh, kind of go into more details and what I've all put together. Um, I, I think it's going to be a really good deal. If you're an experienced coach and you want to look at uh, here's uh, a topic I want to dive into, it's, it's going to be there for you. Or if you're a younger coach or if you want to take the whole thing and, you know, there's about everything you can do there to, to round out your coaching repertoire. So I, I, I really think it's going to be a really, really good thing for anybody that's interested in it. Yeah. So, uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, KU, the fog. Yes, sir. Yeah. You, you know, on, on the sheet that I, that I send people for the, for the pod, I, I say, you know, give me your influences, you know, and, and sometimes we talk about them and sometimes we don't. And you, but you are the first to cite an entire program as, as a major influence on your coaching philosophy. Kind of go into that a little bit, Dexter, about, uh, you know, the, the Jayhawks and, and uh, you know, how, how, how they've influenced how you coach your teams. Uh, yeah, so I don't remember the exact moment when I became a KU basketball fan. Um, but uh, for some reason, it, it happened when I was young. And I just remember watching like, the Roy Williams teams play. Um, and I remember just watching them, just the way they would lock people down and then how fast they would play. Uh, and then I thought that I would probably be one that, would jump over to North Carolina when Roy Williams left. And mm-hmm. then uh, Bill Self came in, and it was like the same sort of just like gritty defense. We'll, we'll play man, we'll lock you down. Uh, and uh, and then his high-low mm-hmm. uh, with his post, I just I really liked. Uh, we kind of run a slight variation, a large variation of that actually uh, for our program. But um, yeah, I started watching that, and I – really really enjoyed it so i watched a ton of KU basketball over the years uh, but yeah that's just kind of the style i wanted to play i wanted to play fast i want to play tough man defense and uh it's a uh, something i really enjoy coaching that way mm-hmm. and so yeah that and i don't i really can't remember the moment in mm-hmm. which i became a jayhawk man but yeah. and in nebraska i definitely catch some grief about it um <laughs> And, and I do like the basketball. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I, uh, yeah, big game. Yeah, um, I, I'm scared to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Were you even alive when Danny and the Miracles pulled it off against Oklahoma? I I believe that I was. Um, I, I think it was three four months before I was born. Oh, jeez. <sighs> It was 88, correct? <laughs> yeah, it was 88 down at yeah, Old Kemper uh, Arena. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. So uh <laughs> I was I was in high school when that happened. So uh I'm starting to feel like the grandpa in this conversation here. So <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh no, a great tradition. I, I'm assuming you've you've been down to a game at Fog Allen before. Yeah, this so uh, I that is on my bucket list. I've okay. actually never done it, um, and I'll never. I was in college once, and uh, I was just walking to classes with my friends, and uh, one of his friends walked by. He's like, "I have tickets to the KU game. Would you go?" And he was like, "I don't know. I got class. Like, I'm not sure if I can go." And I was like, "I will go." 
I have class too, but I will go. I'm going to go right now. I'll go get my stuff. I'll go with you. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to go with you. And, uh, we're going to become like, really? fast okay, friends yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go then. And the buddy I was walking with was like, you know what? I think I could, I'm, I'll, I'll probably, I could probably be good. And so then he went instead. And, uh, so that was, uh, that was my chance. But no, I've always told my wife that if there's ever like a birthday gift or a father's day gift, that's something I want to do. And we've, we've made an attempt a couple of times, but, and I've watched them play before, but I've never been at Fog Allen before. Yeah. It is, uh, it is a cathedral. It is, it is a really cool place. Um, I've been there a couple of times. Uh, our, our oldest took a campus visit down there. And of course, the end of the campus visit, they, everything wraps up at Fog Allen. Uh, you know, kind of their biggest selling point. Um, and it's, it, yeah, it, it's a cool place. It's not very big. Um, you know, Pinnacle Bank Arena is way bigger uh, yeah, inside yeah, the arena. Um, you know, CHI here in Omaha is way bigger. But it's just compact, tight, right on top of you. And, yeah, it's it's a neat place. It's a, it's a really, really neat place. So, um, you know, get down there, man. Get down there. I will. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. For sure. You, a much deserved vacation. You know, get, get out <laughs> yeah. of the get out of the inner city of Ord and and, and get out and vacation <laughs> somewhere. You know, so. <laughs> yep, the inner city of Ord. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Traffic moves about twenty five mile an hour everywhere. It's uh, it's rough. It's scary. Yeah. Um, want to talk to you a little bit about uh, last summer. I I, I had noticed that that. Um, you know, the world was turned upside down. I mean, without a doubt. Uh, this, you know, a year ago from right now, uh, George Floyd had just happened. Everybody was, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out the whole COVID thing, um, that type of stuff. And, you know, everybody was just trying to keep their head above water. And you, I, you know, I thought it took a, a, a decent amount of of courage for you to... Uh, say some stuff on social media about Black Lives Matter. Um, like you say, you you live in a in a in a town of about what is Ord forty four thousand forty five hundred people ish. Uh, yeah, out, you know, out in the middle of Nebraska, very conservative area, and you know, you you chose to to speak up when it would have been very very easily uh, very easy for you, especially in your. Uh, demographic region to to not say a whole lot um and you are a you are a member of the community that that people are going to uh recognize at the grocery store and uh at the pizza hut and that type of a thing and and i and i really admired that about you uh you know what what made you what, what was kind of the impetus for you to to speak out on social media and kind of address those things when it would have been very easy for you to just kind of roll with it and keep your thoughts to yourself as some guy is driving around on a mini bike out out here behind my house here, so, uh, but yeah, yeah, where were you at with um, that? Yeah, um, so it was uh, for me. Yeah, I grew up in a town of two hundred and eighty people, uh, mm-hmm. and then I went to college thirty miles from my hometown, and uh, it was I've had you know my eyes open a ton. Uh, over the years and and the thing that you just see things as a, as a teacher, Mm -hmm. things that you didn't see when you were growing up you see, uh, just some of the things that kids have to go through 
and I see it on a much smaller scale than than other places. And so I just think it, it's my duty as as a teacher to teach kids to, to choose love, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just want I wanted every girl in my program, every kid that I ever taught, to know that I love you and that I'm going to be there for you. It does not matter who you are, where you're from, what color your skin is, I'm here for you. And that was just like the main message that I wanted to send, and I wish that more people would do that. And and that was just what I wanted to say is like, go ahead and, and put yourself in other people's shoes and understand that people aren't raised the same way you are. I was, my family is amazing. I, I couldn't ask for a better family. I went home, I had my mom and my dad there, we lived comfortably, um, and they loved me a lot. Not every kid gets to go home and, and have that. And I see it here, and I know it happens all over. And so I just want, I wanted every kid that I ever coached, that I ever teach to know, I'm here for you, I've got your back, even though the world doesn't at times. Yeah. So it just, it just felt like my duty just to, to say that. Um, and maybe if, if maybe one person read that and said, okay, maybe if, if Coach Goodner can see life this way, uh, maybe I can look into some things. Maybe I can, uh, you know, see the world a little bit differently. And yeah. so, yeah, that's that's why I did it. And I did, it. I'll be honest, I've, I've caught some flack for it. Um, and, and I've had some conversations. And, and so, but I'm, I'm happy that I did it. And I, and I hope that the kids see that and that the kids read it. Did, did they turn out to I'm be positive well. conversations? You know, in the some end, some yes, some no. Yeah. Okay. But conversations that need to be had, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We don't, I, we don't need to be shying away from them, you know. Yeah, yeah. the 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 only way, the only way we're going to figure it out is by talking about it, you know. And uh, absolutely, it's, it's, it's the same thing with your team. If you've if you've got a uh, a chemistry issue on your team, you can't just sit there and and rub the 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 genie in the lamp and wish it away it it has to be addressed it has to be taken care of you you've got to do the work and and sometimes you need to address things head on and yeah you're not going to please everybody you're not going to make everybody happy um but if you truly believe in something you know it's it's okay to 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 speak out about it and to to talk about it and uh, to let people know where you are, especially when you, you feel like you're on the right side of, of an issue. Yeah, and, and I think it's okay to admit that you're wrong as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I was, in order to say that you were wrong before, like, I had a change of heart. I, I, I had conversations where I was on the other side of the argument for a while. And now, being where I am, it's okay to say, I made a mistake. I was wrong, it's, and I'm okay saying I was wrong with that mistake, um, and that I've grown, and I want to keep growing. I don't know everything. I still don't, and but I'm learning, yeah. and I'm taking an active role in learning more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just think that that's important for us as a society to grow is to just kind of learn more about each other. Well, and, and I think it's an important lesson for, for all coaches that we are going to make mistakes. In this, in this situation, you're talking about um, your your social life or, or your, your interpersonal relationships. But, you know, I know it's, it, I, I know it's really important for me. If, if, if I make a bad call on switching from man to zone, let's say out of a timeout, you know, I own it right away because I want my players to know that, yeah, you know, I am not infallible. I am going to make mistakes. I'm going to acknowledge my mistakes and I'm going to get better from it. 
And if I do that, I expect you to do the same. And right. and I think that's a big growing point that a lot of coaches need to have as they uh, as they grow into their their own skin and get more comfortable with themselves to have the confidence to say, ah, I messed up, I, I, I did this wrong, or I, I put together a bad practice yesterday, or whatever the situation may be. Um, to, to have that courage to speak up like that is, is an invaluable uh, measuring, uh, a growth of measurement as a coach. For sure. And, and I think that my assistant coaches will probably say that I do that too much. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it is important. I think it is important for the girls to know that, yeah, I make just as many mistakes as you. And, and I'm, trying, I'm trying to learn and grow constantly, um, whether it's summer or in-season. Um, I'm trying to be the best coach I can be, and I'm going to make mistakes at times. I should have probably, you know, had a different game plan going in this game. Or I completely shouted this team wrong. I didn't think this player could do that, and uh, and it's okay to say, "Yep, that's my bad." Okay, yep. you you have your mistakes too in this game that you need to fix, and I'll fix mine. So we'll grow together. Absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, I don't know what it is tonight, but. I think everybody that doesn't have a muffler in the city of Omaha is driving past my house right now. So uh, you're, we're still coming in fine. We're good. But, you know, last time I recorded outside, it was lawnmowers and dogs. And this time it's it's mufflers or lack thereof. So. He's got a street race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. So. <laughs> All right, Dexter. Let's shift. Let's shift lanes here. We're going to go to our Don Meyer yeah. quote of the day here. Of course, Don Meyer, the goat, and and Don Meyer is going to be a big part of a pen and a napkin dot com, and uh, we got a bunch of Don Meyer stuff on there. Uh, but uh, we're going to put this. Uh, we're going to put this out here. And like always, Coach, uh, feel free to 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 piggyback on this one. I know this is something that I tell my players all the time. The Don Meyer quote of the day is. You aren't going to win championships unless you make layups and free throws. I mean, it's pretty stinking simple. You make layups, you free throw, you make your free throws, especially in girls basketball, you're going to win a lot of oh, ball games. That is just it's so true. <laughs> like that there's nothing more of a momentum killer than you get a wide open layup. Miss it. And all your whole team is running down, and they have somebody cherry picking. You miss a layup, and they throw it down, and they get a layup and score. There's yeah. nothing that's just more disheartening than that. And it, and it seems like it happens. You never forget the times where you get that to happen for you in the positive, where the other guy blows the yep. layup, and you go down and you score the layup. You always remember the ones that it happens to you. I don't think we've ever done it. Everybody <laughs> makes layups. <laughs> Yeah, I don't recall. I don't recall. Yeah, I've been coaching this game twenty five years. That's never happened. I look at film, but yeah. Um, Well, hey, let's 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 dive into. uh... Hang on one second. I do have a a Tom Myers story. Okay. Um, So I my first coaches clinic ever. uh, He came and he spoke at the Nebraska coaches clinic. Okay, I remember that one. Yep. Yeah. And so it was, it was my first year, and I go down, and I'm like that young coach, and I, like, I sit down, I'm ready to listen to this guy. Everybody's been telling me all this about it. And he sits down, and he's like, all right, to so all you young coaches, I want you to listen to me. You don't know anything. You think you know everything. 
and you don't know anything. And so I'm just ready to write notes. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't know anything. <laughs> um, because and it, and it's so true, though. I, I sat down thinking, like, ah, I know. What is this guy going to teach me? Um, but the, the part that I remember the most about that was just as he was speaking, like, everything that he was saying, he also, like, he just kept talking about, like, life and life lessons and just, like, how he was clearly a mentor of, of the game and life. And, and mm-hmm. that's the kind of coach that I wanted to be, you mm-hmm. know, is, is I want to always relate the game of basketball to life. Mm-hmm. And so, and my kids to understand, you know, just like the 24 and one, like there are hardships in life is you're going to, if this is the toughest thing you ever got to go through, then wow, you had a heck of a life, yeah. but there's going to be really, really tough times and, and how you pull through them and how you can, you know, build relationships too. Um, and so I just remember that. I remember sitting there and being like, this guy is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, you know, I was fortunate to meet him a couple of times and, um, when you know we went up to Aberdeen for his weekend long coaches clinic one year, and that oh, was yeah. just that was just awesome. I mean, just absolutely terrific. I mean, uh, you were up close and personal with him for twenty four hours straight, and and yeah, I mean, just obviously, you've listened to how many of these. You know how big of an influence he's had on 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 sure. my career and and so many others. And you know, as I was as I was putting together all the stuff for the the website and the university courses uh it just kind of those don meyer not necessarily the don meyer lessons but the don meyer teaching style and and why am i doing this what's my why and and why am why am i very passionate about why i think this is going to be a really good thing for a lot of coaches and 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 it just it, a lot of it came back to to coach meyer and and all the times i watched his dvds and saw him speak live and and that type of stuff. It, it just it just hit home with me as I you know the last couple of weeks as I really hit high gear trying to meet this self induced deadline to put all this stuff together. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and so you know if, if I've got a if I've got a something that's a tenth as good of of what Coach Meyer has given to the world, then I feel like I've done a hell of a job. You know, um, and and I'm just hoping it's a tenth of what Coach Meyer did. You know, so. Well, yes, he has done so much, but you're doing a hell of a job. I can tell you that much from well, my point of view. Thank you, I appreciate it. So, um, let's talk about your gig. Let's talk about your position. You got a couple of things, um, and that that I want to go through here. And I'm going to start with uh, the weight room. You're the weight room guy at Ord, um, and you. Uh, are responsible for a lot of the the physical training uh, for the kids there. What are you guys doing? What are you putting together? Because I think I know that is uh, if if there's one thing in my bag of tricks uh, that is not very deep, it's it's that weight room, uh, the 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 plyo stuff, the the strength training, that type of thing. And I think as as basketball coaches, we got caught up in leadership and motivation and X's and O's, and this is something that we probably don't do a very good job because our sport is so built around skill and skill right. development. Uh, so what can you give us on weight training and, and the weight room to help improve our programs? Um, well, first off, I'll say that I'm not necessarily the weight room guy. Uh, I think uh, Tyke Kozel, our other the high school PE teacher, um, and the defensive coordinator for the football team, he played at UNK. Mm-hmm. That's a football player. Um, 
he is a guy that I bounce a ton of ideas off of. I do have a weight room background, um, so I do most of the girls. I do all the girls lifting in the in the summer, uh, but a lot of it for the success of our program happens during the school year as well. And he just he does a phenomenal job with them. He's done a phenomenal job with the football team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of what I do, um, I, you know, I'm using him and then just past experience. Um, I have a kind of unique weightlifting background in the fact that I started uh, competitive weightlifting when I was in junior high. Uh, I lifted in a barn uh, with a, a barbell club is what we were called. Um, uh-huh. It was just uh, the a guy uh, moved back to Luke City. Uh, he was uh, the head trainer at the University of Massachusetts. Um, so uh, with Coach Cal was there when he was the okay. head trainer. Yeah. And, and so he moved He moved back and uh, put a weight room in his barn and just had high school kids from around the area come lift. And uh, I learned a ton from him. And I got to watch female athletes. I, I watched probably six American weightlifting records broken uh, wow. in competitions from girls at our, uh, you know, a part of our, our club. And one of them being my sister. Uh, I watched my sister get third at nationals uh, that year. I think we had two girls that were national champions, um, two girls that were runner-up, and then a, and a third place. And so I got to watch girls lift and uh, become really strong and really great athletes. Mm-hmm. And, and I I think there was always the stigma of like, oh, when girls lift, you know, they're going to be big, they're going to be bulky, um, and that's just not true. Especially with these girls, it wasn't that way. You know, they're just really good athletes, and they're really strong. And so I got to see that at a young age, and so then I got to carry that on um, with me. And so when I went to Stewart, I would say that that's like one of the things that I focus on a lot. And I was a weight room guy that was for the football football team and for uh, the girls basketball team, and and I think. The biggest thing is it's okay for girls to lift hard. They're, um, you know, for them to become big and bulky, you have to you have to train a certain way, you have to eat a certain way. It's just not they're just not genetically made to do that. Most girls anyway. And so, um, so how do you, how do you sell that? It, how do you sell that? Because I know that's you know that's the typical. The girls that don't want to lift but need to lift. Well, I don't want to get big and bulky. I don't want to look like a guy. And so, how do you sell that to them? Um, I, I think it's it's through the work. Like uh, you just by by showing an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and once you had girls go through the program, you like, and you and uh, they have the records from the girls that were lifted before. Like, look at this girl. She lifts this. And she looks like this. And um, you know, and she was this. Athletic, so I, it's it's a building process, and um, I don't. To be honest with you, when I went to Stewart, I can't remember how I sold them on that. Uh, it was like one of those things where I said it, and I think they just I said it with so much confidence that they believe me, <laughs> and then it, it just yeah. started happening. You know, that's yeah. a lot of coaching. <laughs> it's just like uh, I'm pretty. I just said it with a lot of confidence, and they they were just like, okay, yeah, and they bought into it, and uh-huh. and that kind of helped because they bought into it really early there. And so then it carried on when I came over to Ord. It was just like, okay, we're going to just lift heavy and you're going to have a ton of success. And then the girls start to lift heavy and they start to, um, you know, better themselves and they just gain that confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing you see with kids when they get stronger is they get more confident in what they can do, more confident in their body, what mm-hmm. they can really push themselves on. If you start really pushing yourself in the weight room, then all of a sudden you're going to push yourself on the court. And, uh, 
and you start to really guard people. Like, that's how we really sell it with defense. It's just, you know, like, it's just a mentality. And the weight room's a mentality. And so, um, yeah, we do a lot of uh, Olympic-style lifting. Like, we do our core Olympic-style lifting, and we do some auxiliaries. Um, a lot of that is um, through Tyke. He does a lot of, like, you know, TRX stand stuff. Um and you know just a lot of mobility things uh-huh. uh, i'm a big advocate and you know um the basic core lifts of bench squat clean i love clean i love snatches i love clean and jerk i just think that those movements translate to athleticism so well like it's quick it's explosive um and it's complex and it's not something you can just walk into the weight room and do and so i think that we do a really good job of the first thing you've got to do with your program is sell them on we're going to do technique overweight. I will never put you in a position where you feel scared or you feel like you're going to get injured. Um, like, because I have that really interesting story of that. The fact that I was a competitive lifter in junior high, showed up for junior high weights in PE at high school, that was going to be really cool with my friends and put weight on the bar. And I didn't do math right. And I put too much on the bar. And uh, I ended up fracturing two vertebrae when I was doing squat. Oh, wow. And so I was in a back brace. I did all that that stuff. And so I know how dangerous it can be. And I will never put a kid in that situation. We go over. You know, this is what you'll do. We have making sure we're spotting. We're making sure that we are. Um, we're going to do technique overweight every day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they start, once you have kids, and we, we do that at a young age. Um, once kids start to feel comfortable in the weight room, that's the biggest thing for girls. Get them comfortable in the weight room where they feel like I can kind of get outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for them to go into a place with loud music, especially if you do boys and girls lifting at the same time. They're going to go in. It's going to be loud. They're going to see boys lifting a lot of weights. They're going to just stand in a circle, and they're going to do the big bear man. Yeah. And, it's, and until they feel comfortable in that environment, will they finally get out of that shell and really push themselves. And so I would just say that we do a ton of technique first, uh, get them comfortable, and then it's, you know, we Start if uh, if folks wanted to contact you about uh, some of this type of stuff, how would they get a hold of you? you, you Got Would you Would you be willing to share your email? Absolutely. Um, D. Goodner. So D G O O D N E R at org o r d p s dot org. Okay. All right. It's on record. Uh, no, that's a lot of good stuff, and I, and, and I agree with you. Getting getting the girls comfortable uh, in the weight room is is the number one thing, and then everything after that uh, you can you can teach and you can work with them. It's, it's just having them feel comfortable, feel confident that they belong in there, that they uh, that they are going to. Uh, this is going to be a positive thing for them. It's not going to be a right. negative thing yep. for them. Um, and then I just think having leaders like we try to make the groups uh, we would put them in these pods so that we have older girls leading the charge um with with their group and and it just kind of helps the whole thing like they're they're helping me be a coach in there too um because they've been a part of the program for so long so they're helping watch their kid uh their the other girls in their group lift and um and it just kind of builds a level of camaraderie too because when you're in there and you're working and sweating like when you're when it's miserable you build relationships you know, yep. wars build relationships and so you're in there battling and uh yeah you're just that helps uh bond the team a little bit yeah shared suffering yes yep, yep. exactly absolutely absolutely what are uh 
what are some other unique things uh, that you guys do that that you've that you've done to help grow your program, the camaraderie of your program, uh, to get the kids excited about being uh, part of the Ord Girls Basketball Program, and, and makes it a little bit unique from everybody else. Um, you know, one of the things that we do, and it's not anything spectacular, uh, but ever since the year I went to the state tournament the first time in Seward, that summer, uh, I've made armbands, or wristbands for the team. And, and we had a little saying, and, and that saying was uh, 3 6 first day of the state tournament. So on our bands, it just says, it had Bronco, Lady Bronco basketball, and then it had 3 6 on it. And since that day or that year, every year I just have wristbands. And so um, it's kind of like <laughs> you describe it as like a wedding band. Like it's, it's a showing of commitment. So every summer basketball game you ever see us, uh, you're, we're, we have our wristbands on. And for me, it's one of those things where I don't have – I can tell what year a photo is taken of me because <laughs> of the color of wristband I'm wearing. And so uh, – and it's one of those things. It's a, it's a motivation. So we always use – the color of the team that beat us the year before. Oh, and okay. So, so it just—it's one of those things where eventually people are always going to know what you did in the summer, mm-hmm. and so we want them to know that we worked our tail off in the summer, and and we want that motivation of we didn't get it, the job done last year, and we're trying to get the job done this year. And so you're wearing the other team's colors this year; they're glow in the dark. That way, when we sleep, we see them. Uh, we want to dream about what, what our goals are. And uh, and then when you see other girls in the hallway, when you see other girls at camp and, and we're wearing our wristbands, like we just know that we're a part of this um, and we're in this together. Hmm. That's a cool idea. I like that. Yeah. Where, so, where, did, uh, where did the inspiration for that come? Um, I, I think I'm going to have to give credit to my assistant at the time, Ryan Kroger. Uh, mm-hmm. I've, I said that like I don't want to do shirts, t-shirts. I'm like I want I want something. Like, well, what can we do? And he was like, I think that we should just maybe do wristbands. And and I did it, and the girls loved it, and I haven't stopped doing it. So hmm. he gets the, he gets the credit for that one. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> give credit where credit is due. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, where do you get those made out of? Um. So I am one of those guys that I really like sales. Um, I'm a sucker for a clearance rank. And so um, <laughs> what I will do is I'll go online to just like, um, there's like 24 hour wristbands, custom wristbands, and there's just a bunch of like the silicone wristband companies online. And, and I will no lie, I'm not even kidding, I will customize each one to what I want. And it always gives me the final price. And I'll just click the cheapest one. But I think uh, 24 hour wristband is the one that I've used the last like, two or three years. They've given me the best deal. So gotcha, gotcha. No, that's a that's a cool concept. That's a that's maybe a, that's I a... should uh, tell them to listen to the podcast. Maybe I get some free wristbands out of this. Stuff. Hey, I think that's <laughs> I, I I think that would be that would be a good thing. When when I was uh, <laughs> when I was a, a kid in the 80s, and I uh, I had this stretch of about two years where where I thought I was going to be like Daryl Dawkins. And and I wore wristbands for like two years straight because I was just this, this dorky sports freak, and um, yeah, I mean I just stretched them out, and 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 then Jordan Jordan comes along, and you know he wears he wore the wristband up on, you know, it was more like the 
the, the forearm band or the, the yeah instead of a wristband it was a forearm band so everybody started yeah. doing that and oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. i did that i was about to i was so much so that i uh ai had finger sleeves yeah uh, i had a pair of finger sleeves which i mean you think that's got to make you shoot better it, it did not <laughs> i i'm not really sure what the thought process behind it was but uh-huh. uh boy i sure thought i was pretty cool <laughs> yeah well you know, in, in my sports history class, we, we talk about the influence of uh, the kids don't realize, um, the kids in 2021 20, don't realize, hey, when that guy has cornrows, you know where that came from? Allen Iverson. Uh, you see, you know, a lot of the players have tattoos. You know where that started? Allen Iverson. Yep. Uh, yep. The, the, the arm sleeves, where did that start? Allen Iverson. And, and they don't really realize the cultural influence uh, that this five ten guy from uh, from Virginia had on the the game today. It's crazy, and it's crazy. Uh, you know, it kind of opens it kind of opens their eyes a little bit. Where we, I kind of go through this thing because uh, you know, and we, we talk about a lot of things in that class, and and but but that's one of the the, the, the modern uh, things that we that we go through that the kids don't realize that. Oh, this started way back twenty some years ago because he he hurt his elbow. He he burst uh, a, a bursa sack in his elbow, and he needed this pad because he kept falling on his elbow and he kept getting hurt. And so they kind of custom designed this sleeve, and everybody copied it. So, yep. so. Oh, I have a shooting sleeve too. Uh, it's not. I, I wasn't. I wasn't above that either. Yeah. So, yep. I was. Uh, boy, I. I even walked a headband for a while. I was, I was, I was awesome. You were, you must have been a walking fashion plate. Now I don't feel so oh, bad with man. wearing my wristbands. I just, think about, like, <laughs> I just think like, if you're going to wear all that, your game better be pretty good. And everybody in the gym had to be like, why is this kid wearing all this stuff? <laughs> you're, you're a walking sporting goods store. <laughs> yeah, that stuff wasn't easy to get back then either. Like, it wasn't like you could just go anywhere and get like a sleeve, or like you had to find a place to get all of that stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I did it. Yeah, well, hey, hats off to you. Um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. <laughs> it's amazing the links that uh, dorks like you and I will go to to look cool. Yep. And and <laughs> 40, 47 and a half years lo- later, I'm still trying to look cool, and I still haven't accomplished it yet. So. Uh, you know what I need to do is I need to just get all that stuff out of stored wherever it's at and just wear it to practice a couple of times and just really show off and wear really baggy shorts and just oh I'll be, I'll be a hit. Oh yeah, there. Well, for me, it would be just the opposite. I, I would wear the the Stockton's <laughs> from from nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty nine, my my freshman year, and it, yeah, wasn't a good look. At least there were no belts on those shorts. It's a move. They're making a move back towards it. The shorts are getting short again. I, and, and, I, and I don't understand why. It's like, do you know how hard we had to work to make those things look acceptable? And 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 now they're like, no, we want to go the complete other direction. But, hey, to, to each their own, um, if it were up to me, uh, you know, I, we'd be listening to Def Leppard and Bon Jovi in practice. But... <laughs> You know, this year it'll be Olivia Rodrigo and and something else that they'll be listening to. There we so. go. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That so. is no lie, and I don't fight it either. I I roll with it. Yeah. Well, my whole thing is, 
you get to listen to what you want to listen to as long as you're playing hard and doing what I ask you to do and you're concentrating, you know, and absolutely, you know, we, absolutely. we, we didn't have to change it more than one time last year. I don't, I don't even know if we even changed it once. You know, my, my kids were really, really easy to coach last year. They've, they've been really easy to coach. And so, uh, they've really given me everything that they have. So, uh, there, there's, there's been that. no reason to put on some Duran Duran or REO Speedwagon. <laughs> um, if, if I do that, I don't know. They, they might not come thing. back you if I do that. You have to listen to this music. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That, hey, hey, everybody's got the. That's it. You know, if you don't play hard, yeah, get, get ready for some power ballads. All right. You, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just. Yeah. You, you you find a way you find a way to motivate them in whatever way necessary. So, uh, absolutely. You know my my girls really like listening to, to Disney music. We went to a team camp out at York, and and they're really neat kids. They we were in the van and they were singing the whole time. I mean they sang for an hour and a half all the way out there. But it you know, uh, but it was all Disney soundtrack and and High School Musical and and uh, that type of stuff and. I'm sitting there thinking, man, that's that's complete. You know, if it was me and my idiot friends from that time, it'd be it'd be Kiss or or the Police or you know yeah. something, something like that. But it is what yeah, it is. I can't, I can't say the same. Uh, but yeah. well, <laughs> you, you you probably Backstreet Boys, or you probably too young for Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I don't even know what you would be listening to, Dexter. Well, that's very funny because, like, I remember my first cassette tape being a Backstreet Boys cassette tape. Um, You should not have admitted that in public. I was thinking about maybe editing this part a little bit, but since we're leading to you owning a Backstreet Boy tape, this is this is. I am who I am. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not like extremely proud of it, but yes, that that was a. I was really young though. I mean, I was probably like six years old, so. Yeah, I, uh, that was first cassette tape, but no, I was uh, more of the, I got into the hip-hop era. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, little uh, Biggie and, and Tupac and that type of stuff? Um, probably a little later than that. It was more of like a, the Little Wayne uh, uh, era, oh, the gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's way past my stuff. That's way, that's way <laughs> past that, so... All right. Well, hey, we better get back to basketball here. People are yeah, going to tune in. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. So uh, we got time for one or two more things here. Uh, we got pressure defense, half court sets, and transition offense. Pick one. Um, okay. So I think probably pressure defense right. is uh, one of the things we're we're known for. Okay. Um, and so uh, you know that's day one what we're going to do. Uh, and our pressure defense and our transition offense are pretty much one and the same. Uh, we want to play fast. Mm-hmm. I told you before, like I just love fast basketball. I love to coach that style of basketball. I love to uh, coach pressure defense. And I know that there's a lot of times, like even when we, I felt like we weren't as good as teams. Um, we're gonna every single person that we play. We always say this is like they'll just remember playing. Whether you win or lose, we want every single time that somebody plays or that. They remember playing Ward, or they mm-hmm. don't want to play Ward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be in your grill 90 feet away from the hoop 90% of the time. And so uh, we, we do uh, a full court pressure and man defense, and we do like a run and jump. Um, a lot of times people think it's maybe a 1 2 2 or a 2 2 1, um, but it, we are, we're a man run and jump, but we're just really aggressive with, with traps. Um, and so, literally, day one of camp. 
uh, this summer, we're getting into what we're going to do to guard people. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, you got to be able to guard people um, in people's faces. you got to be able to stick with people. And then you got to uh, be able to, you know, trap and, and gap. Um, so I stole a lot of the stuff that we do uh, from Concordia. So yep. they, their pressure is a is a little bit different than ours, but I love the terminology that he used with gapper trappers, the controller, um, and the teaser. And so, uh, we took a lot of that philosophy and then just, just kind of made it our own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that every single night that you play Ord, put your running shoes on because that's what we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that that mentality helps us in practice as well. We're going to have fast, fast practices. We're going to be in really good shape because we're not going to slow down. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we are just constantly running the floor. And uh, and we're running and we're gunning and we're shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shoot first, ask questions later kind of coach. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that I did want to talk about um, is, because you talked about it in your podcast before, was green light shooting. And so we, we've adopted the green light shooting philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um and, and we kind of change it to fit our program a little bit. And so, um, you know, when we're running and gunning, it's, it's, you pass the ball up and you have a transition three, like we're ready to shoot it. Every girl on our team, uh, when they walk in the gym, they have a yellow light is what we say. Like, I want you to shoot. You shoot with, with caution. Like, if you have a good shot, you shoot it. Um, anytime that, if they have a girl that, if I have a girl that has a red light, they give themselves a red light. It's, that's when I know that their confidence is wavering when they mm-hmm. say, coach, I'm, I'm red light. And then that just means like, okay, well, let's just take some time. Let's try to get you in a group. Let's try to go through confidence up a little bit. And then we always have a three drills a week uh, to be green light. And uh, so when you're green light, yeah, if, if you catch it on a three-point line and you have had a week of green light and, and you're open and you don't shoot it, that's when it's like, okay, we'll come sit on the bench. If you yep. want to do a disservice to the team by not shooting the ball, yep. then come sit by me. Otherwise, you shoot it. You earn that green light, use the green light. Um and this summer, we're actually doing, um, until the first week of, of season, um, a green light competition. So each week we have three drills. And instead of like reaching a benchmark, they're battling each other. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of each week, there is somebody that has won a drill. And if you win all three, then you get four points. But if you win a drill, you get a point. And mm-hmm. we're going to keep track until season starts. And then uh, if you're the winner at the end of the green light, uh, when season starts, then you get the green jacket or green jersey until some or until um, Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's just one of those things that we're trying to do to get kids in the gym, compete with each other. Doing the green lights has been great for us just because I've never had girls shoot after practice and end up in tears because they got so close to a bench one and they didn't get it. And, and like, and, and that sounds evil that I'm like, yeah, we have girls crying, that's great. Uh, but it's just because like it puts them in game life situations. Like it makes them want to strive for something and when they don't get it, like it's okay to fail. Yeah. Um, and we have to cope with it. Um, so that's something about the program that we really like. But yeah, we're we're um, running and jumping and, and getting in your face trying to turn you over and then scoring quick. Yeah. Does will the jacket come with a wristband as well? Um I, I, th- I think you should put in a complimentary wristband. You know what? That's a great idea. Yeah. The green wristband. Maybe yeah. I don't even need the jersey. I'll just have the green wristband. Yeah. Shoot, you wear it on your shooting arm. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Write yeah. that down right now. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, what we, I, I really like this. We came up with it the last couple of years that I was at SCUT, and, and we're carrying it into to this summer. Uh, we have a couple of charts up in our gym for the summer, and uh, we, we our scoring system is uh, every day that you're there, you get four points. Because the most important thing is if you're there, you're getting better. You know, that's the yeah. most important thing yeah. in, my, in my mind. And then, you know, we're, 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 tre we're teaching our kids um, how to win and how to value winning. And, and so we have, uh, each day we have a, 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 some sort of competition. It's maybe we just, it's just five on five. Let's say we're playing just five on five for uh, a half hour and, um, you know, playing games to, to five or seven by ones and twos or whatever it may be. And whoever got the most wins, they go, it's the, the competition column. And, and that's three points, you know, and we, we have at least one shooting drill that it's going to be a, a calculated drill. And if you win that drill, you go to the, and you sign up and you get two points for that. And we, we have a free throw, something to do with free throws and they get that's worth one point. So four points for attendance, three points for, you know, some sort of competition, uh, two points for a shooting drill, and one point for a free throw drill. Uh, pretty much every day during the summertime, and and we you know we, awesome. we keep we keep track of it, and and we call it our Pioneer Cup, and we'll 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 have a trophy and maybe something else to 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 make a big deal out of it to to show the kids. Hey, you know, you need to, you know, this is a worthwhile investment. And and our kids have done a pretty good they're they're still learning about it. They're still kind of figuring it out a little bit, but you can kind of start to see the lights coming on a little bit where they're like, "Oh, okay. I I see what the purpose of this is." And um you know, it's it's a little bit broader from what you're talking about. You know, the the green light is really really good as well and you know, it, it's just anything you can do to tangibly yes. grade out your kids and give them something to shoot for, no pun intended, to uh, show improvement. And it also kind of helps you, almost inevitably, the, the top kids um, yeah. will usually kind of rise to the top. And, and if, if you have a player that says, well, how come Pete's playing and, and I'm not, well... You know he's doing this and this and this and oh by the way this summer, you know he had 50 points towards the Pioneer Cup and you only had 12 because you yeah. never showed up and you didn't do this and you know this is the the guy that kept winning things and this gives you know we feel like this is one of those measuring sticks. It's not the only thing, but it's a thing to help uh, to help put those numbers in front of kids and and have them compete. But it gives them an opportunity, like like let's say uh, the free throw one. Uh, we the the one we did with free throws the other day was was something along the lines of we're gonna put four minutes on the clock, and if you make five free throws in a row, if you get if you hit a streak of five free throws in a row, you win the free throw. You get to sign your name under the the free throw competition. So if we had fifteen kids in the gym, legitimately we we could have had fifteen kids get a point for the free throw column that day. You know, yeah. so it's so it's not just completely exclusive we try to make it uh a, a little broader umbrella so that it's not you know uh mary's over there in the corner and she hasn't won a doggone thing in a month because she can't beat anybody else you know we try right. to 
to broaden that some to, to give every kid an opportunity to to get their name on there a few times to have some success to show that hey yeah I'm I'm in this fight as well too so it's kind of threading that needle yeah, of making it competitive yeah making it competitive but making it also you know exclusive to a degree to where yeah you've yeah. you've, you've got to earn this as well but we're going to give you an opportunity to earn it does that make sense yeah, no, I think that's that's really a great idea. Like this, the simple thing of when you show up, you get points. Like yeah. just be here. Like and, and if you are there, like you said, you're gonna get better. Mm-hmm. You know, getting you in the gym is, is the tough part a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, that's a really really good idea. You yeah. know, if you your chart that you have, do you have a document for that? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Uh, you know, Would you mind sending that to me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, shoot me a text after we're done. And and coaches, yeah. if you want a copy of that chart, just email me a pen and a napkin at gmail.com, and I'll be more than willing to, to share it. I'm pretty sure it's going to be part of I, – I, I downloaded so many stinking oh, documents yeah. over the last couple of weeks. I, I'm sure something like that is part of the university courses at some point or another. Um, but it's it's worked well for us, so – uh, yeah, remind me when we're all done taping and, and I'll get it to you. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, it's worked well, it's worked well for us. So, um, coach, any, any social media that, that you want to, that you want to share with the folks that want to follow you or follow your program? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm not the greatest at posting ever. Um, but on Twitter, I'm just at coach Goodner. And that's the same on Instagram. And then for our girls basketball team, uh, we are, let me see here, uh, at Champ Nation WBB. There it is. And, and yeah. you'll know that it's a fighting chicken. Now that everybody knows. Yes. When yep. asked about the Chanticleers, you'll know that it is a fighting chicken and a fierce competitor Absolutely. it that's is. Us. So, well, Dexter, I hope you had a good time tonight, man. I had a great time. Loved it. Yeah, a lot of really, really good stuff. I think uh, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be get a lot of good things out of this. So, uh, really excited to have you on, man. And and, and I appreciate all the support uh, that you've given uh, Pen and a Napkin. And and I'm just glad to have you on. It's, it's just cool to be a part of something that I think is just really special and just really, really a cool thing. I think you got a really awesome thing going on, and to be a part of this, just it's an honor. So, thank you for having me. Well you deserve it you're doing you're doing things the right way and and like i say you you shared a lot of really really cool things and and uh like i said i think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to get a lot of really good uh uh information out of this so uh watch hold the line yeah yeah go ahead go sorry well no you go ahead no no i was just gonna say yeah if anybody i love talking basketball so if anybody wants to if I did have any good ideas and you want anything, uh, go ahead and email me. I had my email earlier, and then, yeah, I'll be happy to contact you, and we can talk hoops. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, I'm going to wrap things up here. Why don't you hold the line? Uh, again, yep. we want to thank our uh, founding sponsor, COSAC Chiropractic, for sponsoring the pod. Uh, a pen and napkin university, ah. it's coming. Like I said, Tuesday, we're gonna. I'm going to be dropping a pod and kind of going through the final stages. People will be able to start signing up on tuesday for for one topic for one course for the whole kit and caboodle if they want to i think i got it set up i teach history i'm not a tech guy but i think i got it set up correctly so we'll be we'll be releasing that on tuesday follow us on twitter a pen and a napkin 
Uh, download, rate, review the pod. Questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at penandnapkin at gmail.com. My name is Marty Plum. This has been Dexter Goodner, the girls' basketball courts coach at Ord High School here in Nebraska. Coaches, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. 